All right. It's like my second time holding the mic in two days. I feel like I'm supposed to make another speech. <laughs> uh, real quick, before I get started, I do want to recognize some special guests that we have in the back. Uh, everyone, the, the Newfelds are here tonight for Friday Fire. Let's give them a hand. I don't think you guys are going to have a chance to be at Sunday service, right? Uh, or some, some won't be able to, but glad you guys could join us tonight for Friday Fire. Man, God is good, amen? amen? If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Romans or the letter of Paul to the Romans. Turn to Romans. It's after Acts. we could cut that down a little bit that'd be good and we're just going to read one we're going to read two verses um acts um romans chapter one uh, verse 16 and 17 all right that's, that's a good ringtone everyone there you there say amen okay well, let's read it all together two verses and then i'll pray for us one two three she jock for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let's bow our heads and I'm going to say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this last Friday fire in this year of intimacy. We thank you, God, that 2011 truly has been a year of intimacy. And God, we thank you, Father, that that intimacy always leads to fruitfulness. We thank you that intimacy leads to increase. And God, as we prepare ourselves, Lord, with the two days that are left, God, <laughs> to go into the year of increase, Lord, I thank you, God, that you are setting things in order. And I thank you, God, that that Lord 2012 is going to be a mighty year. Lord, I pray for the word tonight. I pray that God, as I speak it, Lord, it would go out and Lord, it would be truth, Lord, truth that sets free. Your word says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I pray that as the word goes out, it would set free tonight. I pray that mindsets would be changed. God, we bind the enemy, Lord. We bind his works. We bind his lies. And, Lord, we just cast him out of this place. We just declare he has no place here. And, Lord, your presence is what fills this place. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How are you guys feeling? You guys feeling all right? Some people a little tired from the dance party? You know, I slept like... 11 hours or something like today i was like i didn't even think i was tired but when i laid in my bed i sunk in i was like i gotta stop doing this dance party thing i'm like felt like man i, I gotta stretch beforehand or something uh, but yeah you guys feeling good if you're feeling good say i feel good, I feel good. man god is good <laughs> um in the bible it says that by wisdom the house is built and by understanding it is established and then by knowledge, the house is filled with precious things, precious riches. And here at New Philly, God's been really building the house in wisdom. 
He's been building the house in wisdom. And then this past year with understanding, there's just been so much truth that's been established in us. It's like God has been just he's been building up. Like if I think of when I first came to New Philly in 2007, like, well, JSEM, I mean, it looked nothing like what we see here today. Like God has just done an amazing work. It's so it's so cool when like Pastor Benjamin comes or Pastor Robert Daniels, Pastor Robert Daniels is like, this is a great house. This is an amazing house. And it truly is because God's been building New Philly with wisdom. And then he's been building us. He's been establishing us with understanding. Amen. And then I was I was thinking about this word because when I was spending time with Pastor Benjamin, he he was quoting this passage and I was like, man, that's a good word, but I have no idea what it means. That's like most of the time when Pastor Benjamin speaks, I like I'm like, "Mm, that's good. That's good. No idea what he's talking about. But as I began to meditate more and more about that, I was like, that's really what God's been doing here in this house. He's been he's been building this house via wisdom and then with understanding, understanding sonship, understanding God's precepts and principles. We've been getting established in truth. Amen. And then with this year of increase that is coming. I really feel like God is going to fill this place with precious things, precious riches. Jesus says that if we cannot steward earthly wealth, how will we be able to steward true riches? I was listening to a sermon by Pastor Robert Morris of a church called Gateway Church in Texas. And he he speaks from this particular passage. And he says that the true riches are people. That when God talks about bringing riches into a place. What he's really talking about is you and I, because we're the we're the riches. We're the apple of his eye. Amen. And next year, God's really going to bring about an increase. Like Pastor Christian, when he preached that message about the year of increase, he said that God was going to increase us in what? Relationship. He was going to increase us in number. And he was going to increase us in what? Two people know it. Increase us in what? The word. Come on, church. Increase us in what? You guys awake tonight? Come on. You got to you got to be alive. This word is for you. Now is the time to wake from sleep. When the word goes out, if you're asleep, it'll go right over your head. You really got to wake up and catch it tonight. Yeah, so he's going to bring increase into this house and increase via number. He's going to bring increase. He's already brought increase in relationships. You know, he did that this whole year. I mean, I was standing there as like a groomsman. And I'm like looking at all like all the groomsmen and they're all married. And I'm standing. I'm like, I feel like the last of the Mohicans up here. Like John gave me the mic. It's like, well, being in like five, I think I've been in like four weddings this year, but God's going to increase the wedding, the weddings even more. Amen. 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 (laughs) Y'all, y'all better claim that. I'm claiming it. (laughs) Noble claimed it. But God's going to bring an increase in people. But, you know, if God's going to bring an increase in people, he needs to bring an increase in his word. And he's got to bring an increase specifically in the gospel. 
you know, as I was meditating and I was praying about what we needed to think about, what we needed to meditate on, what needed to be preached to us tonight. I felt like God was saying that before we talk about increasing people, before we talk about increasing relationship, we really need to be increased in the word. And we really have to be increased in the gospel. You know, the gospel needs to increase in your life. As a Christian, you never graduate from the gospel. I know even right now, as I talk about the gospel, some of you can immediately check out. I I heard the gospel when I was five years old. That's when I received Christ. You know, for me, it was five years ago. It was a little more recent. But the gospel is something that needs to increase in our lives more and more and more and more. Even as we go into 2012, if the gospel's not increasing in your life, it doesn't matter how many people come in. It doesn't matter what relationships you have. You know, it says in the Bible in Acts chapter 2 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And that teaching was what? The gospel. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. But many believers, sometimes we can devote ourselves to fellowship, but not with the apostles' teaching. You know, if you devote yourself to fellowship, but not the apostles' teaching, you're just hanging out. If you devote yourself to breaking bread without it being about the gospel, you're just having a meal. You're just eating ham sandwiches. You know, the word for fellowship is koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. That word means to share in something. It means to share in truth. It means to share in revelation. It, it comes from, you can think of the story of on the Emmaus Road. When they're walking together along the path and, and their hearts begin to burn with one another. That's fellowship. But if that fellowship is apart from the gospel, it doesn't mean anything. You know, the, there's so many times where I hang out with people and they're like, man, this was great fellowship. But we never talked about Jesus. That was just hanging out. You get a meal and man, that was some good. That was a good meal. We was breaking bread. You know, Christians, we love we love to use like the Christian knees like, man, let's break bread together. But if you're not breaking bread in the context of the gospel, it means nothing. You're just having a meal. Even in prayer. So many times we pray outside of the context of the gospel. We pray outside of the teaching. And if you do that, that's just religion. My point is that what God, I believe God is saying to us tonight is that we need to go back to the gospel. We need to go back to the gospel and be established in the gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter one that he is an apostle, right? Meaning a sent one. But it also meant that Paul was set apart for the gospel. That meant that Paul's very life purpose was for the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Paul went anywhere, he said that I have been given grace and the apostleship to do what? To establish you in the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith in what? The gospel. He continues on in that same that I'm speaking all from Romans one right now. He continues on in that chapter and he says, I long to be with you. I've come to you so that I may give to you a gift 
to strengthen you, to establish you in what? The gospel. See, church, when increase comes, what needs to be established in our hearts is that we are continually pressing after more and more of the gospel. See, what can happen for believers is that we can easily become ashamed of the gospel. You know how you become ashamed of the gospel? Is when you think you've graduated from the gospel. You know, for many of us, you know, I graduated this week, me and pa- Pastor John and Myungwa. Oh. Thanks for the congrats, guys. <laughs> when we feel like, yeah, they call me corpus marketing. It's a good thing my mama wasn't there. We would have had a situation. They may have given, they may have taken back my degree. We're not sure you're Christian. Your mama's acting crazy. <laughs> you know, when we graduate from something, that means that we have ascended beyond the, the standards that that has given us. I've graduated from torch, meaning I fulfilled all the requirements of torch. And therefore they've given me that, my degree and I have ascended beyond what they have given me. Many of us, we feel like we have ascended beyond the gospel. So when someone gets up here and talks about, I'm going to preach about the gospel, you check out. Because I've ascended beyond that. I learned that in Sunday school. And anything you ascend beyond, when you you look down at. You understand what I'm saying right now? It's like sin. When we commit a sin, we feel ashamed that we commit that sin. Why? Because we know we're better than that. But for many of us, when we hear the gospel in our hearts, we feel like, you know what? I've heard that message before. I'm better than that. But what happens is when we feel like we've ascended beyond what the gospel is. Oh, the gospel story, I learned that in Sunday school. The gospel, the story of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm on to a higher revelation right now. I'm higher. I'm on I'm on to sonship right now. That's a higher revelation. I'm on I'm on to healing and deliverance. I'm beyond the gospel. You know, I recognize this when I heard someone preach the gospel and I checked out. I was like, that's a good message. And I realized in my heart, I had ascended beyond the gospel. I was better than the gospel. But whenever you become better than that thing, it loses its power. We've ascended beyond sin. Therefore, sin has no more power in our lives, right? But when you ascend beyond the gospel, the gospel loses its power. So 1038 comes around. (sighs) Preaching the gospel. (sighs) I've ascended beyond that. It's lost its power. Speaking, believing the gospel in every area of my life, I've ascended beyond it. And when you become ashamed of the gospel, when you ascended beyond it, like I said, it loses its power in your life. You know, the gospel is power. The gospel is power. 
power. The word in the Greek for gospel is the not gospel, but power is dunamis. Everyone say dunamis. dunamis. We all know this word, right? We, we talk about it meaning dynamite. Everyone say dynamite. dynamite. And we talk about that word power meaning dynamite power. But it doesn't just mean that it means to be fully able. You know, the gospel takes what we were unable to do for ourselves and it makes us fully able in God. Where you were unable to walk in provision, the gospel brings you full provision. Where you are unable to walk in health, the gospel brings full health and healing into your life. Where you are unable to walk in strength because of fear, the gospel brings in strength and power that you walk in confidence. You hearing what I'm saying tonight? The gospel is power. It says that it is the power of God for salvation. Meaning health. Meaning provision. Meaning to be delivered from destruction. Meaning to be delivered from everything that any attack, any circumstance in our lives. The answer is the gospel. You know, sonship is not a higher revelation of the gospel. It's just a fuller picture of the gospel. Healing and deliverance is not a higher revelation of the gospel. It's a fuller revelation of the gospel. You never graduate from the gospel, church. You never graduate from the story of Jesus. You know what? Pastor Benjamin gave us the the definition of the gospel, right? It was the effective reversal of all the negative ramifications of the fall through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question right now. What areas in your life need to be reversed? What areas in your life are you walking in fear and anxiety? What areas in your life are you walking in unbelief? What areas in your life are lacking? What about poverty? Poverty is a consequence of the fall. And the answer to poverty is the gospel. Fear, the answer to fear is the gospel. You know, it says that It is the power of God for salvation. And the thing, what happens is when we become ashamed of the gospel. What happens, we're ashamed of the gospel because the gospel has no power. In our lives, in certain areas. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's in your mind. And when it loses its power, it's because there's an area in which we don't believe. See, God wants to bring an increase of faith in 2012. God wants to bring an increase of faith unto this house. Because, you know, increase doesn't happen just because... People hear about our podcast. Increase doesn't happen just because a good message is preached from the pulpit. 
Increase happens because you and I take the gospel out to the streets. Increase happens because we believe. And then we experience God's power. And because we experience God's power, we're no longer ashamed. Tonight, I want to speak to you real simple. Because it is very simple. God is challenging us in what we believe. Do we believe the full gospel? Do we believe in that Jesus has reversed every negative ramification of the fall? In our families, in Itaewon, in our lives, in our own bodies. He goes on, he says, for in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. That means that everything in the gospel is brought back to right standing. We were talking in our in our. In our Thailand team, we're doing these email devotionals. (laughs) Our sister Lisa, because she's she's the team leader. And so, like, every day before 10 a.m., I ha- I, she asked me to write a devotional, uh, a reflection, and then that starts off the reflections. And, and today was John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, the, rev- the reflection that I did was upon this verse where Jesus speaks to the Jews that believe. And he says that if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus was speaking to believers, yet they weren't disciples. And he was telling his disciples that he was telling them that if they wanted to be disciples, they had to be established. They had to abide. They had to remain in the words that he was speaking. And the words that Jesus went around speaking was the gospel. When he stood and proclaimed, he proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. And he said, if you abide in this word, you'll be my disciples. You know, many of us can be believers, but not be disciples. Because we believe. But we don't know how to abide in this gospel. We don't know how to believe every single waking moment that the gospel is power for us who believe. That when we wake up in the morning, the gospel gives me power to go through my day. That when I step out on the street. And God tells me, speak to that person. I don't experience fear and anxiety because the gospel is power for salvation. When I talk to my parents and they they misalign me or they speak down to me, I'm not filled with fear because I know that the gospel is power. When I experience sickness in my body, I'm not discouraged because I abide in his word. And it's the gospel that is power, fully able. To bring salvation to me. Paul Paul says to the, the church in Rome. He says. For in the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel. Everything is brought back to right standing. 
in the gospel, every problem, every situation that we face is brought back into right order. And it is brought into back bright order from faith for faith. Meaning that in order for things in your life to be brought back into right standing, you have to first press in with faith. You have to first proclaim things in faith. You have to first assert and grab hold of the gospel in faith. And then when you do that, that releases more power into your life. And that power releases more faith. You know, the Busan church planting, they're they're all departing right now over the course of these next days. And they're taking a step of faith. And as they're taking that step of faith and believing, they're going to experience the power of God. And as they experience the power of God over that land, that's just going to bring about more faith. That's going to bring about more power. That's going to bring about more faith. And that's the gospel. It says in Isaiah 9, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his rule and reign. From faith. To faith. When you pray, are you going in with faith? When you step out, are you doing it in faith? Believing. Believing that the gospel is power in every area. My biggest struggle. Is that there are times where I don't believe that the gospel is. Is power to provide for my every need. In the moment that I begin to entertain and come into agreement with those thoughts, I've stepped out of the gospel. And I've stepped into a false one. But I believe that what God calls us to do is to come back into the gospel, into his word. That we might increase. And see our faith increase in this next year. Amen. Let us bow our heads right now in prayer. Um, the thing about the thing about this year of increase is that God is calling us not just to increase in areas that we can easily see or increase in ways that we can easily grab on hold to. But he's calling us to higher and higher levels. Beyond our own imagination. Immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine. The reason I, I speak to you tonight about the gospel is because it says in his word that if God, if he would give his own son for, up for us all, how would he not graciously give us all things? How would he not provide increase in every other area? But right now, I just feel like that there are many in here. Well, there's been areas in your life where you have been either gripped with fear, anxiety, 
Or maybe you've even felt like that the gospel has lost its power. And therefore, you're, you hear me talk about power and you, you don't feel like you hear, you hear or see any power in your life. But what God is calling you to do right now is to begin to move out of that place of unbelief and to begin to once again place your faith in the gospel because that's the power of God for us who believe. So right now, I just want everyone in this room, I want you to begin to start praying right now. I want you to begin to pray. I want you to ask God to increase the gospel in your life, increase the revelation of the gospel, increase the revelation of the power of the gospel in your life. Church, let's open up our mouths right now. Let's begin to pray. Because in order for increase to come, there has to be an increase of power. Which requires that there is an increase of faith. I just feel like there are a couple people in here who, who feel like that in many ways the gospel has lost its power. Just everyone keep your eyes closed. I feel like that whenever the gospel is preached or whenever someone talks about the gospel, you just check out. And that it's not... It doesn't daily bring power into your life. There's not a daily revelation of that grace into your life. And if that's you, I just want, to, want you to stand to your feet. I just want to pray for you that God would bring a fresh fire. That God would bring a fresh revelation.